and welcome to The Ringer NBA Show. My name is Danny Chow. I'm an associate editor at TheRinger.com. Joining me here in the Los Angeles studio is a man whose voice is way less digitized in real life, staff writer Jonathan Charks. It's funny, KOC left like the day I came. He had to get out of here real quick. We can't be in the same room, I don't think. It's a, it's a sliding issue. door situation. Yeah. yeah. As you can probably tell, this is not draft class. Our fearless host, Kevin O'Connor, is somewhere out there in Chicago, NBA draft combine. He's probably lost in Mo Bamba's 710 wingspan. I would say he's by hitting the streets, I think, KOC. That's his thing. Nonetheless, this is going to be a really cool episode. Later in the program, we will have a special interview by Hall of Fame center Shaquille O'Neal and Indiana Pacers all-star Victor Oladipo. But first, since there are two-thirds of the NBA Draft Class podcast here, we wanted to talk about— Three-fourths if you count producer Isaac. Yeah, Isaac, of course. We wanted to talk a little bit about the draft. We had some time to digest the lottery results, and we have some thoughts on the top three. I think the one thing that most fans listening are wondering right now is, what do we need to know about Luka Doncic? I think a lot of people have kind of read the scouting reports, get the gist of who he is as a player. You know, he's 6'8", 220. 230. 230, 228, yeah. Best passer in the draft. But Sharks, you've been doing a pretty deep dive on him recently. You, You have a piece going up on Friday about Luka Doncic in the running up of his... Final Four appearance in the EuroLeague. Which is also Friday. Yep. So yeah, what's turned up in your research? Well, what do they call it in NFL draft Twitter? I've been eating tape recently or <laughs> grinding tape. It's actually been really fun. So Luca plays for Real Madrid, one of the top teams in Europe. They're playing in the EuroLeague Final Four on Friday. They use them in a lot of really different roles. They just won their best of five series against Panathinaikos, where he was being guarded by Thanasis Antetokounmpo. And it's fun to watch these playoffs. There's so many random guys who are like, you come back and watch. Like Lucas playing with Anthony Randolph, Rudy Fernandez, Jeffrey Taylor, Gustavo Ayon. This is like draft hipster central. Oh, team. yeah. So Real Madrid uses him a lot like James Harden. They play him with three shooters, pick and roll. He gets to the rim. He passes. He drives. The interesting thing in this Panathinaika series, they really blitzed the screens. They really got into him on the dribble. And the adjustment Madrid made, they started playing Luca more off the ball. They're like, we're going to put you into more of a Clay Thompson role or a Kyle Korver role where he runs around screens, either makes one pass, one dribble, pop fake, and makes the next play. And that's what stood out to me watching Luca is like, he just fits in almost any role. Right. They also use him like in the high post hitting cutters. Like, he can post like a big man, run around screens like a two guard, and run point. Like, he's just such a versatile player, smart player. And you look at his frame and you start looking at the comparisons. Clay. Kyle Korver, these are all really big guards. And that's he's kind even of bigger than they are. Yeah, he's even bigger than they are. And he kind of plays that bully ball role. He can do that. And that's where I'm looking at the Suns and I'm seeing just a marvelous future with him, Booker, and Jackson. It's as, very Celtics ish. Yeah, as kind of like this interlocking, three headed ball handling trio. Like they all have their interesting quirks as ball handlers. I like. Jackson a lot as a transition guy. Obviously, Booker is a phenomenal shooter and is improving in the pick and roll. And Doncic is just kind of like the steady presence. Yeah, I think Booker and Doncic, especially on off, on on ball, off the ball, very European style of basketball. Right. They could do. Well, they had that new coach. He's from, yeah, he right. coached Doncic in Eurobasket last year. And there was a lot of that when Kokoshkov was coaching. First off, great pronunciation. Thank there you. There are no grades today, so I'm going to give you credit right now. <laughs> I couldn't do that in a million years, what you just said. Kokoshkov. Coached the Slovenian national team at Eurobasket 2017, which Slovenia won. And a lot of it was Dragic and Doncic trading off 
lead ball handler roles. I mean, he was very hard in Paul. Mm-hmm. It was a very similar Absolutely. kind of system. And that's why if you had a gun to my head, I don't know why you would, but if you had a gun to my head, I would have definitely have. <laughs> I definitely would have Doncic number one. Although Vegas is apparently saying Aiden is by far the favorite. That's the word out of Phoenix. It's hard to know if they're doing smoke screens because I guess if you're Phoenix, there's no real reason for you to reveal who you want. Maybe you can pull what Boston did last year and like extort something out of the Kings to move down a spot if you like your guy. I don't know. But say Aiden really is the favorite and yeah. say the Suns really do draft Aiden. How do you like the fit for the Kings with Doncic? I think you kind of move into that same thing except you have Bogdan in the Booker role and Doncic and it's the same kind of on-off Euro action I think it's nice, like, those two together would probably struggle on defense, but it gives the Kings an identity. I mean, they got Vlade, they got Peja. It feels like those guys came over to the States, I think, on some level to build a EuroLeague team. Like, Vlade has confidence in his style of play. He saw it work in Sacramento 15 years ago. And if he has those two players, he can really kind of build EuroLeague basketball in the NBA. It would give the Kings something beyond, like, being terrible as an identity. Right. And we'd kind of talked off this podcast about the fit and about how if Doncic was on the Suns, you could easily have Jackson kind of guard, you know, the primary offensive player on the opposing end. But if you're looking at the Kings and you have Doncic, Fox, and Bogdan, who are you putting on that guy? I think you're not playing defense. The real (laughs) question is is Fox. Is like, how is Fox? Because Fox really can't shoot. And Don just could get there and be like, I don't really need a point guard who needs the ball in his hands and has a broken jumper. Like, that doesn't do much for me in my game. Like, I'm not here for it. Right. And something you'd brought up that was really fascinating to me is the idea that Doncic is kind of the inverse of most NBA rookies. He's entering a situation in which he's going to be the main guy on a young team, which is completely different from what he has in Real Madrid. Yeah, it's very much like he's very much like Donovan Mitchell in Utah where he's just 18-year-old, he's playing with, like, 28, 29-year-old veterans. Like, Real Madrid, they are a freaking machine, man. Like, they're so well-coached. Watching that series against Panathinaikos, watching how they changed up their offense over the course of a series, like, all their guys know their roles. They all buy in. And that, to me, is what's most impressive about Doncic, is that he's playing with grown men, but he's not, like, sitting here like, oh, I'm, I'm the freshman on the varsity. I got to get the ball, get people involved and be kind of humble. He's like, I'm the man. Right. He's got a Bengal tiger tattoo on his forearm. <laughs> and he'll like, he'll cuss out guys if they make the wrong play. Like he's got like this swag level. Like I'm 18. I'm the best player in Europe. Like I'm the man. That'll be interesting to see how that plays in the NBA. Cause he's got an edge to him. I'm a little concerned about the Bengal tiger tattoo just because my first NBA interview ever actually was with Demontis Multiunis. And okay. he has a full-fledged, like, eagle tattoo on his <laughs> chest. Awesome. And you know what? Things didn't really work out well, for him in the NBA. Don't let uh, BJ Armstrong represent you. Yeah. It's not, not a great. <laughs> the thing I think I like about Doncic, I think with, like, a Euro guy who goes top three, you kind of have to have that attitude because the NBA players are going to test you. Like, you want to be more like Porzingis than Dragon Bender. Like, you can't be a guy who's going to let the game come to him because all these American kids think you're garbage. So you got to let them know right from the jump, I'm here to play basketball. Now, where does my boy, around. where does my boy Hazonia fit in this spectrum? Well, he had the swag, but I don't know about the skill level. You know, like, he's just, he's just his gunner. Fingers crossed we can still hope and pray. Hey, Mario's coming to Dallas next year. I'm here for it. Let's do it. Speaking of Doncic, he had mentioned to the press today, as one should, as a, as a leader on this team, that 
possibly these aren't the last two EuroLeague games he's going to be playing for Real Madrid. And that kind of stirred up a frenzy. A lot of people kind of read into that as, oh, maybe he's trying to duck the Kings. Maybe his agent, Bill Duffy, doesn't want him to go to Sacramento. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that leverage that he might have might scare off a couple teams? I think the first thing to recognize, like, EuroLeague Final Four is a really, really big deal over there. Like, it isn't like, oh, is this some random tournament for the NBA draft? Like, he is right now locked in on this EuroLeague Final Four. He's already won EuroBasket. Like, if he can win EuroBasket and EuroLeague at 18, I think someone was telling me he'd be the first guy since Petrovic. That's incredible. Like, you can do that at that age. You're like an idol. Like, this is the biggest game of his life. He does need to be talking about the NBA draft right now. And that was the right thing to say. Whether he wants leverage or not, like, you just got to give him some time after this before you really get into it. Yeah, so the third team in the lottery, not counting the Suns and Kings, is the Hawks. And it's a good question about what they should do at number three. So Jaron Jackson is our consensus guy at the three spot in our NBA draft guide. And like Doncic, it's really easy to imagine him in any kind of modern NBA system. This is a player who hit nearly 40% of his threes in college, had an elite block rate. That rim protection ability makes a lot of sense next to a guy like John Collins, if that's what they're trying to build for in the future. Do you think he's the guy? He's the be- guy to me, for yeah. sure. Like, when he didn't, when the Mavs didn't get three, I was so upset. Like, that's the guy I wanted. I mean, I think he fits perfectly with John Collins. It sounds like they'll be looking at Bagley and Jackson. And if you draft Bagley, he's the same player as Collins. Maybe it's a little better. So Right. With the Hawks, you wonder, because they were tanking so hard and because they had all of these D2 players, they were clearly looking for a home run pick in this draft. Do you think... With Jaron Jackson not necessarily showing the kind of playmaking ability or playmaking sense that you would want out of a top three pick, that it might be too safe of a pick? Do you, do you think they should be aiming for a higher upside guy? See, I think he has playmaking upside. He didn't get a show at all the time at Michigan State. I mean, he's the youngest big in the draft. The thing for me with rebuilding, even at three, I, I just want to draft three or four good starters. Like, I want to build a good young team. And the Hawks, they probably got three more lottery trips ahead of them. And you draft Jackson, he's just a foundational piece. No matter who else you draft going forward, they'll fit with Jackson. Whereas Bagley, he very much locks you in to some things. Like, for example, let's say next year Zion Williamson just like wrecks the whole college basketball world. You could fit Zion and Jaron Jackson, but you could not play Zion and Bagley together. So you draft Bagley, you're kind of, it's like path dependency. You're closing your options for the next year, two years from now. Because you're going to be bad for a long time. That's just the reality. Right. And one interesting wrinkle to this is the recent hiring of Lloyd Pierce as the Hawks head coach. He was an assistant on the Cavs during LeBron's first go-around there. He helped develop a young Steph Curry in Golden State when Keith Smart was there, spent years as the player development guy for Lionel Hollins in the Grizzlies, and then became kind of the defensive coordinator for the Sixers. So he, he's been he's around. Got a re- he's got a resume. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and he's coached a lot of different stars with different personalities at very early stages in their careers. So, you know, maybe he can really unlock a lot of what Jaron Jackson wasn't able to show at Michigan State. He already kind of has that defensive mentality. I mean, it's not too complicated. Like, don't play him at the four, play him at the five. Like, Izzo this year, man, I don't know what he was doing. I'll throw shade at Tom Izzo. I don't care. He didn't do a good job this year. I think that's a great way to wrap things up for our draft talk. We're going to get going on this special interview with Shaquille O'Neal and Victor Oladipo. We'll be back next Friday with a brand new draft class with some insights and observations from the draft combine by Kevin O'Connor. Yeah, from the man in the flesh. He'll be back. Absolutely. Back with the newest insights. I'm excited.
Until then, please, please check out our 2018 NBA Draft Guide on TheRinger.com. You can find that at nbadraft.theringer.com. It's updated now with our full 60-player mock draft. And we have team hubs there that'll get you all the info on team needs and player suggestions. We're really excited about it. There was a lot of work put into it. Yeah, we shout hope out you to enjoy all it. the editors and layout guys. We hope you enjoy Great. it. And now, Shaq and Depot. Yo, yo, what's up, world? Victor Oladipo here, special edition of the Ringer NBA show. But my, I guess you can say big special guest, but size speaks for himself. Uh, the greatest, in my personal opinion, the greatest center to ever play the game, Shaquille O'Neal. And if you know me, you know my man Jay Belly always be with me, Jay Anderson. So it's a great podcast we got going on today. And I want to start it off by first saying why I think Shaq is the greatest center of all time. And I'm not just talking great about him because he's sitting right in front of me and I'm scared that he might hurt me if I don't. <laughs> Why? Uh, uh, but his dominance speaks for himself. Um, he changed the game and I feel as though the greats separate themselves when they change the game. Um, and I don't think there's been a force like him at all um, since him ever at all. And um it just was great to watch him growing up and see how his dominance won him rings and won him championships. And honestly, in my personal opinion, um, he helped a lot of great stars that we have today win championships from the Kobe's to the Dwayne Wade's and so far and, and, uh, and on after that. So it's great to have you on the show today, Shaq and Jay Belly in the cut. Thank you. Nice to be here. First of all, I'm very proud of you. I've uh, been watching you play a long time, but... You know, you're one of the only players I've seen take his game up three notches in one summer. I knew what was going on in all this, all this, all the uh, situations you, you you were in. You're a nice, respectful kid. People wasn't really recognizing for who you are and what you could do. You finally met a guy, Nate McMillan, that said, I know what you can do, go to work, and it showed. So I'm sure all those other GMs are definitely kicking themselves in the butt, especially OKC, because <laughs> you, know, you know they had some big-time guys who couldn't even score one point in the fourth quarter. Basically, they need you now. Kudos to you for not being down on yourself, not believing them, whoever they may be, and just taking your game to that next level. And I just want to say to you the same thing Michael Jordan said to me after after they beat us. He said, before you succeed, you must first learn to fail. So don't be down on yourself that you couldn't get past Bron Bron. This, this is only going to make you stronger. It's only going to make you stronger. Right now, you're already unstoppable. So just imagine when you get to that point to where you're pissed off and unstoppable. So you on your way. You're young. Just continue to work hard. Just continue to take game, your, your your game to the next level. And my advice to you, being an old OG, is always make them remember your name. When I was coming in, you had great names, but they were older. Now there's a lot of young names, so that should be that should be more rare for you to just make them make them say your name. They said your name this year, but you want to be up there when they when they talk about that. And I know you got the work ethic to do that. So I just want to say I'm proud of you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate those words, man. Coming from a great like yourself, and of course, Jay Belly in the cut. <laughs> if you don't forget Jay Belly in the I've cut. I've been knowing Jay Belly since 92. Ooh, that's the year I was born, yeah, so Belly, you know it's Jay a Belly. long time. That's my guy. Jay Belly's that cat when you walk in the club, you see him, he ain't saying nothing, you ain't saying nothing, but you know not to mess with Exactly. Him. <laughs> he looking, he ain't Thanks. flossing, he Thanks. looking at you, you looking at him. Thanks. So finally, after like a whole year, I'm like, what's happening, partner? He's like, what's up with you, big dog? I was like, okay, he ain't no punk. Mm -hmm. So, and... 
Ever since then, you know, we've been cool. I mean, because I used to see, what, back then it was Heroes, yeah, uh, Decos, Fires. Like, I used to see him yeah. at every club. He'd just be by himself looking at me crazy like, I think this cat going to rob me. <laughs> and, finally, and finally, like after a year so later, nice. I was like, what's happening, cuz? He's like, what's happening, big dog? My name is Jay, and we've been cool ever since. That was, what, 20, 25 years ago? Definitely had a great relationship. I had a question I wanted to jump into. How do you think you would do if you was playing in this era? You know, a lot of people, I, I heard that so-called extra say I wouldn't do well, but when you master doing something different, that's when you become more dominant. Okay, you got guys like uh, Porzingis that's going to step out and shoot the three, but guess what? I'm coming back down the other end, I'm going to butt your ass on the post. <laughs> and by you banging with me, because I've you know, proven against Duncan and Robinson and Malone, by you banging with me for a quarter, in the fourth quarter, when you need those jumpers, they're not going to fall. You know, believe me, ask Divock, ask Weber, ask all them guys who try to shoot against me just by banging, banging, banging. And then so I would say, you know what, I'm not shooting no threes. I'm going to just run to the paint, make the ref call three seconds, and I'm going to get my seven points a quarter. And we're going to do it like that. And all these little teams that like to play little, you know, those jumpers look good in, in you know, first three quarters. But by banging against me, trying to slow me down, your legs will not be there in the fourth quarter, ever. Not only would I dominate, I'd be saying to myself, James Harden, 250. That's cool. Steph Curry, 230, 240. What y'all going to pay me? Money has never been a motivating factor, but when it's that big, it has mm -hmm. to be a motivating factor. Because, mm -hmm. like, when I was in high school, guys before me, Magic did the $25 million for 25-year deal. Right. So I was like, ooh, a million a year, right? So my thing was, not as good as Magic yet. So if I can get $8 million for 10 years, $800,000 a year, I'm cool, right? Then the numbers kept going on. So when I came in, 40. I got 40 million. So I'm playing. I'm happy, happy. Then a big dog was trying to sign for 100. I was like, go ahead. I dare you to give him 100, right? So I just got to raise my game, boom, boom, boom. Then they gave uh, Morning 110, they gave Juwan 115. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay. Then they gave me the 125. And then Garnett got the same thing I got. Then I got another 80, another 100. So mm -hmm. with the numbers being that big, I definitely wouldn't shoot no jumpers. All post moves inside. Who going to Capella guard me? Please. <laughs> Come on, dog. Stop it. I got to. Porzingis guard me, cut it out. Yeah. How did you know that you were going to be like this good on TV? Um, it's funny because me and Jay were having a conversation um, before. It was like what life would be like after the game is over. Um, and Just like you are the first day, real professional and real nervous. I got in trouble for that around here. Because when I came here, I, was, I wanted to be on my Brian Gumble professional. TK, the guy I talked to, wore me out. He said, no, nah, we, don't, we don't need that here. When, when we're not them other networks of Victor Oladipo, we don't do that. You know, people don't want, they want to see entertainment. We need you to be Shaq. I was like, oh, you want me to be me? So what, what makes this show good is they allow us to be, be ourselves. Mm -hmm. I don't have the biggest or the best vocabulary, but I know I know how to make people laugh. I know when I talk about certain situations in the game, I know they know, I know what I'm talking about. So that's why I was telling you when you're up there, hey man, just talk like we're talking now, you know, just have a good time. And then the way they cut it together, it just looks good. <laughs> And, you know, we always say to ourselves, we're going to keep you up at 12, 1. We got to make you laugh. Just like the other day when I tried to hit Charles in the face with that <laughs> Yes. And his big ass was moving Yo, like he was, was in crazy. 1980. So, <laughs> it took me a while. It took me a while because, I, you know, me and you are similar. You know, I know you were raised very well. You know, the way you were dressing, I got, like, I could tell a lot about how, how a guy dressed. The way you were dressing. You dressing like after the game, you meet with Bill Gates. You know, you're trying to get that, that you know, that next hour. I, I Dog, I see all that. So, like today, watching him, like okay, he's he's you know he's nervous. He wants to be professional. You know, he wants to be looked at. But here, you just gotta man, just have fun. Be yourself. Like if you want to make a joke, make a joke. 
If you want to talk about somebody, mama, talk about their mama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how we do it. The great thing about the Ringer, the NBA show, is we just don't talk about basketball the entire time. I mean, because I feel like we we trying to get to a crowd or an audience that's more than just than hoops. Because life is more than just basketball. Like for me, I, I when I get away from the game, I like to do music. So. I'm sure fans want to know, like, what do, what do you do to get away from the game? Because, I mean, you talk about it all the time on the show. You uh, played for we, plus years. What What is your, like, getaway? Like, what do you do to get away from the game? Well, I do a lot of things. Music is definitely one of them. Uh, me and my partner, Gentry, we run Shack for Radio. Mm -hmm. And I've been DJ for a long time. Not a lot of people knew that I was DJ. You know I was DJ. But a lot of people don't know I'm DJ. So I'm getting back on the, on the EDM trap DJ circuit. So we got about 50 shows this summer, by the way. Awesome. So that's just a, you know we're just we're just going out there having fun and entertaining the crowd. I just always say to myself it could be worse, right? So there's a lot of us after we get done playing, we don't have nothing coming in. So I'm just blessed to still have a job, still be able to have something to do. So I don't really complain about much. Uh, when I first retired, I used to complain a lot. And then my mother grabbed me and said, "Boy, it could be worse." And I was like, "You know what? Could be worse. This little seventy thousand square foot house that I built, I could have lost it." These 30 cars in the garage, I could have had the same. 30? Yeah, I got 30. Whoa. <laughs> these 30 cars in the garage, I could have, you know, not did the right thing and, you know, have to sell them back just to pay bills. So I'm just happy having fun, just staying out of trouble, you know, just doing the right thing. I want to be the person to make people laugh. We, we live in a world today with the social media and people fighting against each other and this and that. I want to be the guy that when you see me or you hear me, you just laugh for a second. And hopefully when you laugh, you could get rid of your stress for a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes or for good. Yeah, someone once told me you should laugh as much as you love. Sure. After the show, hopefully one day you'll listen to his EP, which is a really good EP for his first one. And his al the album that we're going to do this year is going to be even better. But touching on the music topic, we know about your DJing, but you're like one of the only professional, maybe professional athletes that ever had a platinum album. Yeah, platinum. My, platinum. This is, my, this is my quote. Can I curse on this? Yeah. Uh, this is my quote that, that I, I told my son and my children. If a nobody can influence a somebody, then a nobody wins. But the question of the day is, who the fuck are you? Nobody. So I'm telling you this because do music because you love it. We live in a world, people going to like it, people going to hate it. When you love it, your producer love it, that's all that matters. I wish I would. You, know, you ain't got to do nothing for these people because these people don't put money you know, in your pockets. It's, it's crazy you say that because I, I, I try to use that just with the game. Like when yeah, I'm playing as well. Listen, I wish somebody would have told me that when I was a rookie. Listen, you look. That's why it's called guaranteed. You average, <laughs> you average 24, right? And you got your little millions. You could average two. You still get the same millions. <laughs> right. So in life, you wake up, call your mama, tell her you love her, mama. You need. It ain't nothing better than that. The best feeling I had when I first got to Orlando, going into certain neighborhoods. How much? Oh, 850. I'll take it. My mama go, no, baby, we can't afford it. Yeah, we can't, mama. Don't even worry about it. You getting that for you, baby? No, that ain't for me. That's for you. So as long as we get to do that, nothing else matters. Like all these people hide behind. Listen, so when I was doing music, I said to myself, nobody probably wants to hear me do an album by myself. I'm going to rap it all my favorite rappers. So, you know, it's just like, you know, playing basketball because even rappers, they look at us as basketball players. So like we have to prove ourselves. So like I'm sure if you go to the dream and say do something with me, he's going to be looking at you like, Victor Oladie want to do something with me? Then you just got to go in the, in the studio and just show him what you do. So I done been in there with Biggie, Jay-Z, Niles Quit, and none of them charged me. 
Cause they like, cause like, he'll tell you like when they first came down, but like, all right, spit a freestyle, and I hit them with the bars, the stuff that I can't put on the album. They're like, yo, I ain't know you spit. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Let's roll. So, my advice to you: have fun, mm-hmm. do it. If it sells, good. If it don't, don't worry about it. Don't be worrying about people in the crowd. Just do it because you love. It. I heard you saying you sound good. Just, oh, just keep going though. And put it this way: if your mama like it, it's good. If she don't like it, then don't do it. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, you ain't got it. Like you know, when I was your age, I still tell you, I used to drive myself crazy worrying about what people say. Oh my goodness! And then I watched the movie Robert De Niro, Wesley Snipes, The Fan. Watch that movie. So, yeah, so Robert De Niro kidnaps Wesley Snipes. He's a famous baseball player. And he was just a fan, though, so he kidnapped him. He said, yo, man, how do you hit all these home runs? How do you become the greatest player ever? Wesley said, because I don't care. And Robert being like, what do you don't care? So I don't care. I just go out and have fun. Whatever happens, happens. Once I started thinking like that, that's when my shit took off to that championship level. Because I used to care. Oh, Shaq can't hit free throw. Shaq is only dunking. Then I go to shoot, you know, four or five fadeaways, you know, just to show him that I, you know, had other stuff in my game. So, again, just... Do it because you love it. Man, they were dreadful. Yeah, see, that's me right there spitting them bars, see? So, yeah, if you like it, put it out, promote it, and, you know, just see where it goes. Because you're such a great basketball player that you're always going to be Victor Oladipo. You could go triple platinum, you're still going to be Victor, which is fine. But, again, you just do it, have fun, and don't worry about what nobody's saying. Because they, they, whoever they are, they don't control you. Were you surprised that album went platinum? I know. I wasn't surprised because I said to myself, it only went platinum because you probably got 500,000 Shaq fans and then you got 250 like Shaq can't rap, let me hear what he's doing. And then you got 250,000 hip hop fans who probably want to hear that. That's the only reason why it, it didn't go platinum because of me. I ain't crazy. It went platinum because I had Biggie on it, Jay-Z and all that. But I wasn't trying to go platinum. My thing is, as a young kid following this dream, I want to get on a record with my favorite rappers. Because again, the record business, they ain't paying us nothing anyway. So I was I wasn't doing it for the money. I was yeah, just doing it for doing the fun. It. But yeah. I mean, when it went platinum, I'm like, hey, you know, I I felt good about going in the studio with those people and holding them out. Guess so what? One day, one day they're gonna be like doing that Victor Oladipo tour. It's, it's gonna come. It's gonna come quicker than you want it to. How old are you now? Twenty four. I just turned 26 on, 26, on, on so Friday. You got, about, you got about 13 more years left. You cool. You good. <laughs> you good. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> One more topic I want to touch on, because we talk about everything on The Ringer. I think that's why we call it The Ringer. <laughs> Me and my mom was having a conversation the other day, because, you know, I just turned 26, and her whole thing is like, yeah, you know, you're getting old. I need grandkids. I um, mean, one of my one of my mentors, my best friend, who's who's actually in the NBA, Quinn Cook, plays for the Warriors. His mom and I were having a conversation real close with his mom, and he, she was basically telling me, "When I fall in love, I need to fall in love when I'm not in the NBA." I um, mean, I should That's wait, probably true. and I should wait, and, and instead, and, and not get serious until I'm outside the NBA because I need to focus on being the best me possible, right? Yeah. But then they always say, uh, "Next to a strong man is a strong woman," right? So it's like yeah. it's. It'll probably be the hardest decision you have to make. My wife was a good person. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was the butt head, and my kids are wonderful. But you know how this life is. Yep. And sometimes I come home after going two for fifteen on the free throw line, and I was an asshole, right? It'll probably be better now that I'm not traveling four or five days in a row. So, but you can do it. Like I've seen guys be married and do it. Uh, my only advice to you is if your mother likes her. Go with it. <laughs> no, seriously. If your mom thinks she's a good person, she likes it, and she has something to do, you should uh, uh, definitely go with it. But, you know, if you uh, you want to go out and have have kids and do that, you just got to make sure your, 
the person that you with is understanding about the business and you just have to be straightforward with them so you don't have to deal with bs because you know the family bs will hit you harder than any other bs like if you got to go home to some bs and your gang can be slightly off you never right. want to go home and have to hear anything for your gang to be off you know well, I mean, so. Tristan Thompson had was going through some things, but he still <laughs> gave us a double double in the game. That's different. That's because that's because he ain't got to do much. You know, like if you put you know two or three guys on LeBron, then you know of course he's gonna get open rebound. You know, look, there's players and then there's players. <laughs> Simple as that. Simple yes, as that. Sir. Simple as that. Shaq, I wanted to touch on something that a lot of people, I think some people know, but a lot of people don't know. You're you're a very very successful businessman. Man, I'm court. telling you. Yeah, me and Vic have been talking about this. You've made great investments. You really got into the tech world now. You're one of the most recognizable and got to be one of the most highest paid endorsers in the world. Like how how that come about and, how, and what made you get into that? Dwight Eisenhower said the greatest leaders are the ones that have people smarter than around them. Mm-hmm. For example, I own a radio station. I don't do shit. My man right there. Right? So my, my whole team, mm-hmm. good thing I'm, 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 I know how to run a team. I know how to bring people together and do stuff together. So my team is very fluid. But my my father did a great job of selling me horror stories. Every time an NBA player did something crazy, I got a whooping. The, the, the worst whooping I got was when Len Bias passed away doing cocaine. My father came and beat the crap out of him. Like he came in the house with tears in his face like his son died. And I was, I was thinking, I was like, cause I saw him walk through the door. I was like, what did, what did I do to that? There's something in the room. You know, if I ever do the drug cocaine, I'll kill you. That's why I don't do drugs. One time he caught me messing around with some beers. He made me drink a 12 pack to the head. That's why I don't drink. So he used to come in like, look at this dummy. He had all this money and lost it. So like, I, I would like, that was my fear when I was making so much money. So then I met a, uh, old white Jewish guy one time. Bragging about his money. That's how you keep your money. So he, he pulled out a napkin. He said, Rich people, you got a hundred dollars. You put fifty away. You told me this yeah, before. I took fifty keep away. Going. Right? Save that. But he mm-hmm. said the super rich people, the fifty that you got left, you get that in half. Mm-hmm. Now you got twenty-five. That twenty-five, ball out. You wanna go to Vegas with the boys, ball out. You wanna buy a fence, ball out with that. So the problem with us is we get ten and we spend ten. But then they don't do that. So he said, I save all, I put all this away, bank, investments, investment companies, because at the end of the day, you want to be able, when you're done playing, you still want to be, I'm going to Miami today. I'm going to LA, like you still want the same in- income to come in. So that's my advice to you. Save as much as you can. And, you, and your little your little allowance, ball out. You ain't you that, you don't have to save that. I started doing that. And I'll probably be a billionaire. Then I got married. And I started having kids. <laughs> no, it, no, it, it's not a bad thing. But mm-hmm. I got married, bought a twenty-four million dollar house in Miami, kids, stuff like that, tuition, travel, and all that. So I'm trying to have to take that seventy-five percent and and bring it up to the fifty cent. But once I became single again, now it's back to seventy-five percent and twenty-five percent. But this twenty-five percent right here, do what you want. So if you do that, it'll be good. And investment-wise, if it's too good to be true, stay away from it. You want to you wanna invest in things that's going to change people's lives. Like I was at a restaurant one day, a dude was like, hey, I'm starting this company called Google. It's going to be a search engine. You type anything on your one on the phone, it'll pop up information from anything. I was like, that's going to work. So I put in one, and I got a big hit off that. Right? Damn, a huge hit. Big hit. Wow. Big hit after that. So, like, I just, you know, always invest in things that's going to, you know, change people's lives. And then, of course, you got to always go with the big companies, uh, Apple, 
G, stuff like that. I heard you. I heard you did good with a doorbell. Yeah, ring. Yeah, ring. Yeah, ring just got bought for a billion. But I'm not allowed to disclose the numbers. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, you heard. They were. <laughs> they were nice. Must be nice. <laughs> and see that motivation right there is for the babies. Like I want my mm-hmm. babies' babies to just be able to live like certain people live in no, this definitely. country. So. It's just for them. Because I done, I done did everything and bought every car. I'm good. So right now I'm just, you know, trying to trying to lead the way for them. Because I tell my kids all the time, we don't need no more basketball players in the family. But I would like to I'd like to have some engineers and some lawyers in the family. So I just try to, you know, do you know, do things that are, you know, right for them. Some of your kids do do hoop, all right. Yeah. Uh, my son, he was one of the top players in California going to uh UCLA and uh, I, uh, Reed, I yeah, Reed. Reed. give it up for Reed yes sir I trained him like my father trained me never tell him how good he is right and you know just tell him to watch his favorite player and steal all his moves I think he's special because when he was little it was mom probably, it was mom what what's your 5'10 mm-hmm. so in my mind he was going to be 6'8 6'9 so as a baby we come home T-Mac Kobe and LeBron he just watch him and then you know once he started dribbling and practicing and then like you know when I teach him moves I don't teach him, you know, inside reverse pivot. It's T-Max step. So he knows I do. So he's been doing that. And then I really tested him by not training him just to see if he wants it, right? And he wants it. So then he kind of hit a snag because, you know, he's from the suburbs. So he's playing against suburban kids. So when he went to the hood first time, they was going at his rack. So I had to tell him a story. I said, it's going to be harder for you. However, it's two guys that are just like you and played in this game and one one of the greatest players and one was a really great player. Grant Hill kind of grew up like you, right? Grant Hill kind of grew up like you. Mom was um, Hillary Clinton's roommate, father yeah. was a professional athlete, so he's not from the hood either. But he had great work ethic. And the other one is Kobe Bryant. So if you want to get to that next level, you're just going to have to do extra work. So then he called me, hey, Dad, I want to pay for the strength. All right, so I seen him work, work, work. Then I went to see him play. Had a tear in my eye. Because, like, he's, he's the type of guy you can just tell him one time and he, and he does it. So, you know, guy was bumping the middle. So I say, hey, hit him with that Akeem that I talked to his little. He, how about hit him with that jump up? That shit start flowing. <laughs> his mom was like, he crying. I was like, nah, something in my eye. <laughs> something in my eye. But... And then I got another one that's a freshman. He nice. He got that, you know, he got that same mean streak that I had. And, you know, both of my girls are great players too. So I'm so, definitely blessed. So if you want to have kids, I think you should start now. Start now? Yeah, you start now. <laughs> man, I got to find the right girl for that first though. Hey, man, just pick one. <laughs> pick one, pick two, just don't go past three. <laughs> We've been trying to figure out vacation-wise what we're going to do. Not that we, well, we thought we was going to be in Toronto. Yeah, we had flights booked and everything. Right. I had my flight booked. Restaurants, so, yeah, restaurant dinners booked. But now, you know, we're not. So he's going to Rome tomorrow. Ooh. That's what he's for vacation. Italy, Italy. I'm like a storage stuff. What is your? What's look, 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 look. Tell me what's your. Save your money, man. Save that what, for your wife. What's the best for place you've been? You travel. Uh, what type of vacation are you talking about? Like. What? <laughs> No, vacation like like we did in Vegas, hang out, party, or just chill? Nah, just, no, I'm chill. just chilling. Right. Chill, chill is Turks and Caicos in Bahamas. The I've water Bahamas. is blue, chill. I've never been in. Never been in Turks yeah, and Caicos. Turks and in the Bahamas. So that's your, that's your. Yeah, so like when I want to do family spot. romantic stuff, that's when you go to Rome and all that. In closing, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast and giving us your wisdom. Somebody told me that I was your favorite player as a youngster. Yeah, you're one of them. I had your jersey. So why you never tell me that, big dog? <laughs> And you were my wanna, favorite players too. For real? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, I it's like a connection. That. It's just how God works, man. It's Definitely. all a blessing, fam. You tell 
Well, yeah, I, I definitely had your jersey. I used to rock at the Lakers 34 joint. Had the hole in it in the back right over the three because I wore it so much. So, yeah, you was. <laughs> Matter of fact, we just ordered dumb. some. We just got some gear. What's that company? Which one? You ordered this. Remember, they just sent us the uh, Shaq shorts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some companies. That, that, I'm going to yeah. tell you something right now that's going to piss you off, and I hope it does. And I want you to change that. Right now, they got you as the fifth best guard. You should take that personally. Fifth best guard in the NBA? Yes. I'm just saying, you should take that personally. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I don't care. I'm just saying, they, you know, they said the Steph Curry's and the Hardens and the Westbrook and all, you should take that personally. Because if I was you, I'd take it personally. That's all I'm telling you. Okay, good. I'm very. I want you to. Good. Honestly, I. I... No, no, no. You make up. <laughs> all right. I just I'm no, not going to say no, too much. No, all right. When yeah, you step, yeah. Listen, when you step on that court, you make them say your name first, right? Every karate movie ends the same way. The young master got to take out the ninja. So all these yes. people that's ahead of you, go out there rack just like you was going that old boy rack. You understand what I'm saying? So fifth fifth best point guard, what you going to do about it? Or shooting guard or whatever. What you going to do about it? Oladipo. Oh, Oladipo. Turn up. Oh. Turn up. <laughs> all right, fellas. Thank you. Day, Shaq. Day, Shaq. Thank hey, we love you, Shaq. Don't More know. episodes coming soon, right, Yo? Yeah, so this is the Ring of the NBA show. Got Shaq, Jake Belly, and VO. Peace and love. Hey.